Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Penn State Football 365 podcast presented by Ninny Nation, the Penn State Rivals site. Uh, my name is Dylan Cowan Crowley, beat writer and recruiting analyst for Ninny Nation. I'm joined, of course, by my co-host, Anthony Hazan, as well as Marty Leap of Black Shoe Diaries. It's been about two weeks since we last talked. Uh, I was on vacation last week. We didn't get a chance to record the episode. Uh, and it was a busy week. Fellas, I mean, Penn State picks up four commitments in a span of a week. Uh, the day our episode went up, they picked up a commitment actually from um, defense back Elliot Washington, uh, flipping him from Alabama, and they picked up three more. Uh, outside of the commitments, it's been quiet. It's been mostly quiet this month, not a big shock. Coming out of last month uh, with all the official visits, it's much more of a quiet time in recruiting right now. Uh, but it's going to pick back up here in a couple weeks uh, at the end of the month when uh, vi- recruits can take visits again. And uh, before we know the season's going to be here, we'll be talking about uh, football in probably not next episode, but we'll be talking about real football in about two episodes from now. And now for me, how are you guys been since our last uh, last discussion? I'm doing well, man. I mean, yeah, I bet it was a it must have been a working vacation for you because you picked quite a week to go on vacation. But yeah, last time yeah, we were here, yeah. we were talking about, you know, a lot of bad news between Marcus Stokes and Trayon Webb and Cam Selden. You know, now we're going to be covering a lot of good news between a surprise commitment and three top targets all committing to Penn State in the span of about 10 days. So, yeah, fantastic run. I'm excited to get into it and I'm excited to finally be uh, getting closer and closer to the season starting. Absolutely. Marty, how are you been? I can't complain. <clears throat> you know, like Anthony said, just a tremendous run by Penn State recently in the recruiting trail. And in most exciting, most importantly, is it's almost time to start talking about real football. Um, you know, I, I always feel as a sports fan, once you get on the other side of the MLB All-Star game, especially if your team is not in contention, summer's like all downhill from there. And after that, I'm like, man, get, get me to the fall, get me to football season. So it's exciting to finally have that right around the corner. Ah, the life of a Pirates fan. That's right. Yeah, unfortunately, Marty's the only one who uh, (laughs) can be saying that right now. Though, you know, as a Phillies fan, I'm sure I'll be disappointed come uh, early September when they inevitably collapse. Uh, Yeah, let's get right into the commitments, guys, because like we said, there's four commitments in the last week week for Penn State or in a week span. Uh, And it started off uh, not last Friday, but two Fridays ago. When uh, four-star safety Elliott Washington out of Venice, Florida, made his commitment to Penn State, it was a little bit of a surprising commitment. I would say it's not. Penn State was definitely in his recruitment. We all knew that he made an official visit to Happy Valley in June, uh, but after that, it was a bit quiet. He also took official visit to Michigan State, who was the perceived leader for him for quite a while. Uh, but he uh, comes out and announces uh, his commitment last Friday, kind of out of the blue. Uh, sorry, two Fridays ago, out of the blue, that he he was committed to Penn State, flipping that, his commitment from Alabama, where his dad played college basketball. Um, this is a big pickup for the Ninny Lions, without a doubt. It, it creates what was a strong safety class into uh, potentially uh, – not sorry, a safety class, a strong secondary class into a potentially elite secondary class – Four-star prospect over here at Rivals, 5.8 Rivals rating, 44th best player in the state of Florida, 13th best safety in the country. Um, just a superb pickup here for the Ninja Lions. Marty, what's your thoughts on the pickup of Elliott Washington? 
tremendous get by Penn State. You know, and anytime you can flip someone from Alabama, it, it really does say something, especially with it. It was a kid who it's not like you got processed by Alabama or something like that. You know, the, the Crimson Tide still would have had every intention of taking Elliot Washington in their recruiting class by all, by all reports and by everything that's been gathered there. So just tremendous job by the recruiting staff, by James Franklin, by Anthony Poindexter. And like you said, Dylan, it seemed like for a long time, Michigan State was actually going to be the leaders there. If he was going to flip from yeah. Alabama, it was going to be to the Spartans. So a tremendous job by the Nittany Lions to, to curb that, that momentum Michigan state had. And the fact that you essentially stole him away from a division rival kind of just makes it an even better of a pickup by Penn state. And you know, that that's always as a little extra feather to the cap. And like you said, this is turning out to be a tremendous secondary class for the Nittany lions. And before I let you go, Anthony uh, quickly, he here's a, the the secondary class here for Penn State in the 2023 recruiting class. Uh, four-star uh, corner Lamont Payne, uh, four-star corner Conrad Hussey, four-star safety Dakari Nelson, uh, four-star uh, corner King Mack, uh, and then a uh, four-star safety Elliot Washington. Um, just like I said, elite class. Uh, is I think the only way you can really uh, talk about that group that they put together. Yeah, I mean, tremendous job by the staff um, getting this one done. This was a complete surprise to a lot of people, including myself. When I first saw the We Are Better tweet pop up, I was thinking, you know, maybe is this Evan Link finally committing? Like, is this like a quarterback? I, I had no idea where they were going with this one. I did not suspect Elliott Washington was going to be the name that I saw pop up on my Twitter feed. But he's a heck of a pickup. You know, you have him listed as a safety. First of all, the fact that he's the 44th best player in Florida just shows how strong Florida is every cycle. My goodness. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But listed as a safety. But he showed a lot of promise at corner, especially he uh, participated at the Future 50, the Under Armour Future 50 recently. And he was covering yeah. some of the best receivers in the country one-on-one. Uh, it would not surprise me yeah. if he started off as a cornerback at Penn State. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if he stuck there either. So uh, kind of yeah, like Mack in the sorry, one more thing. Kind of like King oh, Mack yeah. in the sense that he gives you some sort of flexibility. And even Conrad Hussey, you know, all of these guys, they're not set at a specific spot in the secondary. Yeah. They can all go between yeah. corner and safety. And even a guy like Nelson can go to linebacker. So that's exciting, too, the fact that you can kind of interchange them. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you look at, I think, I think technically the only one where um, uh, other services don't have that rivals, of course, we rank them just as DBs because like you were saying, Anthony, um, we do have safety prospects obviously as well, but um, sometimes with DBs, corner safeties overall, the flexibility you have, uh, with some of these guys just to change them from position to position. That versatility is uh, just huge. And Penn State has Nelson, Hussey, uh, Washington, all who can play uh, safety as well as Mac. Uh, I think their only true corner so far is Lamont Payne. But uh, – at least one or two of these other safeties are going to make the move to corner when they get to uh, Penn State. Um, usually, I, I, if I remember correctly, uh, with Penn State, when they bring in defensive backs, if they're not 
100% sure where they're going to go right away. They start them off in the safety room and then go from there. Uh, if they want to move them to corner, they will. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just that flexibility that you're talking about is a great point. Marty, any thoughts? No, no I just agree. It's great to have the flexibility back there, a lot of talent back there. Definitely a situation of, hey, let's get these kids on campus. They're all talented players and let it go from there. You just want to get as much talent to campus as possible, and that's what we're seeing them do with the secondary class. Absolutely. Well, that was just – Elliot Washington was just the first of four commitments. The second one, uh, or I should say the next three commitments were expected. We all had them future casted to Penn State uh, over at Rivals. Uh, the second commitment is Scram Prep running back, three-star running back, London Montgomery. Uh, he chose the Nittany Lions over Boston College. And Virginia Tech, uh, this is a nice pickup, a pickup that I think probably better suits Penn State's running back room and offense than what uh, four-star running back Treon Webb would have had Webb committed to Penn State. Of course, Webb committed uh, just a couple days before Montgomery to Florida uh, the same day as uh, quarterback Marcus Stokes flipped his commitment from Penn State to Florida. Uh, But Montgomery is a, I think, that type of running back that Penn State has missed over the last few years in terms of a guy who just has uh, true, truly elite speed can break away uh, from the second and third levels of opposing defenses. Um, maybe he is not the quote the sorry not maybe he's not the level of a Saquon Barkley, a Miles Sanders, or even a Journey Brown, but he has that he has certainly a ton of potential and. Um, when you look at what Penn State has done with Pennsylvania running backs, those three that I just mentioned, uh, you, you just kind of have to like what they could possibly begin in London Montgomery. Uh, the development and success for Penn State historically over the James Franklin era is there at the position. And uh, I, I think this is a, a terrific pickup for Penn State, and it will be a uh, much-needed boost uh, to the running back room. I know they obviously have uh, – Nicholas Singleton in there this year. Uh, but uh, to get another guy in there to have a nice one-two punch a la Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders perhaps, uh, uh, could be big in 2023-2024. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was, a, that was a great summary right there. You really hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, it's been a big debate amongst uh, Nittany Nation, you know, the past couple of weeks before everything shook out the way it did between – Trey on Webb versus London Montgomery. If you can get both, obviously get both, but which one would you prefer? And I, I 100% yeah. agree. I've said this before on here. I believe that, you know, I think that London Montgomery is a better fit for what Penn State needs in that running back room. I look at Trey on yes. Webb as a talented running back for sure. He would have been a great uh, compliment to London Montgomery, much like Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen were last year. But uh, Treyon Webb to me is in the mold of of Kevon Lee of Katron Allen, one of those bigger backs, falls forward, not going to make a ton of guys miss, but he's talented. Yeah, to me, yeah. London Montgomery is a little more shifty. You turn on the tape, you, know, you can make guys miss. He can break away from the second level, like you said, and I think that's something that Penn State has been sorely missing the past couple of years. So I think he's a much better fit for what we need, and I'm excited that he's in the class. And it's those types of running backs that help mask some offensive line issues. The offensive line in front of Barkley, Sanders, and Brown weren't necessarily strong offensive line. Now, in front of Journey Brown uh, in his final game, 
was I, I thought pretty solid and going towards the end of that 2019 season was really putting some nice things together. But having that type of running back certainly masks those issues. Uh, unlike a Kayvon Lee, um, Noah Kane type running back, where those type of running backs definitely have their place in a Penn State offense or any offense in the country. But you need to have a strong offensive line in front of those to open up the holes for those guys so they can get into the open field. Um, but still, those guys also lack that breakaway speed uh, that Montgomery and obviously Nicholas Singleton bring to the Ninny Lions. And I think uh, we'll see this year with Nicholas Singleton. Uh, it, the Penn State Russian attack will look much different with a much more elusive, explosive running back in the backfield. And Montgomery, of course, will add to that. Marty, what's your thoughts on the addition of Lana Montgomery to the 2023 recruiting class? You guys know exactly how I feel um, between the Montgomery and Webb thing. I'm not saying one running back is necessarily more talented or better than the other, but Montgomery definitely fits his running back room a lot more than Webb for the exact reasons Anthony laid out. Yeah. And Dylan, I completely agree with you too about a running back like that can mask your offensive line. I've oftentimes felt, you know, if Penn State could have had Nick Singleton last year, how much different I think that running game could have looked because there were a lot of games where it wasn't a gaping hole or anything, but there were holes there that running backs just were not hitting. And I don't sure. think it was a lack of vision or anything. I think it was just, they weren't that type of back. So like I said, having yeah, a back and, like that can also really help cover up a lot of holes on an offense. Absolutely. And one play that also sticks out to me of, and it's, and it's kind of a nitpicking play. I, I'm, I'm nitpicking with it, but um, I, I think it was the Indiana game and, Kevon Lee had a wide open hole and he got through that hole and he got into the open field, but he eventually got chased down just because he doesn't have that second gear that he can hit in the open field. Uh, and it's those type of plays that Penn state had didn't have last year, or even kind of in the year prior to that as well, that this offense has been missing because with San with Barkley Sanders Brown, any type that anytime those guys hit the open field, they were gone, and, and it was without a question. Oh, it was over when they hit the open field. I was actually yeah. just for fun watching Journey Brown highlights from the Memphis game the other day, and when he was – I mean, he was just – I mean, he was track fast, but once he put it together in football, yeah. he was just gone, and it's, it was so fun to watch, and that was something that we sorely missed last year. No, Like you said, no disrespect to Kevon Lee and Noah Kane and those types of backs. In the fourth quarter – when that defense is tired and you've dealt with three quarters of Nicholas Singleton, Kevon Lee is going to be a weapon. You know, that dude is going to yeah. break down a defense. And yeah, absolutely. He's, he's that Kevon Lee is great for those. As long as he, as long as Kevon, I think for Kevon Lee off topic here from recruiting, Kevon Lee, I think to be a great back to, or to be an even better back is he has to stop trying to be that shifty running back. He's just not that style running back. If he could learn to just hit holes, fall forward, and not try to dance his way out of every situation, I, I think he would he would have a much better record of success when running the ball. And he is going to be a weapon for Penn State, like you said, Anthony, in those fourth quarters. Because if 
Nichols Singleton obviously will get carries in the fourth quarter as well. But if you can give Singleton time off in the fourth quarter, even third quarters, even a second quarter going into half where Kayvon Lee can just run the ball down the throat and just tire guys out, it will pay off big in big ways for Penn State, whether it's to relieve Singleton or to potentially set up Nicholas Singleton coming into the game and then again, a big home run play off a bunch of tired defenders. Yeah, one last point real quick. It's really easy to forget that Kevon Lee averaged five yards per carry last year because the running game yeah. was so suspect. You know, he was yeah. effective when he got carries. It's just yes. you, won't, you won't know it when you watch it because it's yeah. just – it gets the job done, but it's not flashy. And I think when we think of a running game, you know, especially at Penn State, we think of Saquon Barkley. We think of, you know, make – you're, you're, you're thinking east to west. You're thinking, run. you're thinking east west cuts on a dime. Everything, uh, I, absolutely. Um, any other thoughts on London Montgomery boys? I think we beat it to death. I think we're good. All right. Uh, well, let's talk about the next two linebackers or commitments. Sorry, the next two commitments uh, together. Both of them, of course, being linebackers. That is uh, four-star linebacker. Uh, out of Fairfax, Virginia, Tony Rojas, a four-star linebacker out of Pittsburgh, Tamir Robinson. Um, we talked about these two, as we did with Montgomery uh, in our uh, last episode, previewing their decisions. Uh, these are two great pickups for Penn State. Um, Penn State, over the last couple of years, and whether you can say the players have lived up to their uh, – Potential or not, that is one thing. But uh, Penn State has been killing it on the recruiting trail at linebacker over the last few years, uh, consistently bringing in five-star and four-star high four-star talents. And Rojas and Robinson just continue that trend. I mean, Rojas is uh, on rivals are, let me see here, number nine outside linebacker in the country, second-best player in the state of Virginia, 109th in the country overall. And then Robinson is our 11th best outside linebacker, best player in the state of Pennsylvania, 140th player in the nation. I mean, that is a great duo to have at linebacker if you're Penn State in this recruiting class. You're just adding to the depth of that position, and um, both these guys have tremendous upside, high potential, uh, and could be uh, future leaders of the Ninety Lions defense uh, in two or three years. Yeah, just tremendous recruiting wins on both fronts. Uh, Penn State really had to fight some serious battles here also, especially with Rojas and yeah. Georgia. You know, I, I remember us talking about this on the show a few weeks ago, how there may be a lot of parallels between Tony Rojas' recruitment and denied Dennis Sutton's, and definitely played out that way where, you know, both recruitments, Penn State led early. Penn State seemed to lead the whole way. Georgia made a strong push late. Things got very uncomfortable for a little while, and in the end, the Lions staff was able to get it done. And, you know, that's two years in a row that, to their credit, they had to fight Georgia for their top defensive recruit, arguably, and they won both battles. Um, as for Tamir yeah. Robinson, you know, I think Robinson has just got a tremendous future ahead of him as a pass rusher, one of my absolute favorite players in this class. And, again, Penn State staff, to their credit, it, it looks like they probably were trailing Miami coming out of his official visit to Miami and they got Robinson back on campus for his official visit in June and killed it. He really bonded well with Manny Diaz, which was important. And, you know, now Penn state again, landing just two tremendous 
linebacker prospects. You know, Robinson's future may be more as an edge guy than a linebacker. But again, like we said earlier, the secondary guys, you just want to get as much talent on campus as possible. And then you just go from there and figuring out where they're going to fit best on Manny Diaz's defense. Absolutely. And just uh, quickly, I mean, if you look at the last three recruiting classes for Penn State at linebacker, Tamir Robinson, Tony Rojas, Abdul Carter, uh, Kobe King, and Jamari Budden. I mean, that is just a terrific group of linebackers they've recruited over the last couple of years. Uh, King has tremendous potential, as we all know. Jamari Budden has flashed some potential as well and can develop into a very nice player. Abdul Carter, I think, could end up being uh, perhaps the gem, one of the gems of the last recruiting class last year. And then, of course, uh, Robinson Rojas, both high potential, as we said. Anthony, what's your thoughts on those two? Yeah, uh, Nittany Nation needs to get to know the nickname TNT. Um, that's what they go by, Tamir and Tony, or Tony and Tamir, however you want to sp- say it. But, you know, they're going to be a dynamic duo in that linebacker room. I mean, it, it doesn't get much more exciting uh, than them. Um, like, Tony Rojas is just a freak athlete. Um, you watch yeah. the tape, and he's constantly getting after the quarterback. He's, you know, on offense and defense, he looks special in high school. Obviously, on in college, he's yeah. going to be a linebacker. But just an incredible athlete there. And for Tamir Robinson, you know, it's always important to lock down the best players in Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, on rivals, Tamir Robinson is the number one player in the state of PA. So, again, keeping the best kids home. Um, that's been important for James Franklin ever since he got here, and it still rings true today. And I think that's something we can all appreciate. But yeah, I think the key is that these are two guys that the staff has been recruiting for probably yeah. two, three years at this point. You know, these guys have been top targets for a long, long time. Oh, absolutely. And when you put that much time and energy into a recruitment as a staff, you don't want that to go to waste. So tremendous job by everyone involved getting this done, getting these two over the line, especially Manny Diaz. Uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit in this one Uh, coming in, you know, in December or January, whenever he was hired, you know, both guys kind of had to hit the, the pause button for a second there on their recruitments because they were very close with Brent Pry. They had developed a great relationship with them, with him. And when he left, you know, I think both guys kind of, pause their recruitments to think about things. So Diaz came in, did a tremendous job building that relationship, selling them on his vision of the defense. And now they are two of the pillars of this class and the future of LBU. Absolutely. And uh, you talk about locking down the in-state talent uh, at rivals here out of the top five players in the state of Pennsylvania, four out of the top five are committed to Penn state. The lone exception being wide receiver Rodney Gallagher, who's committed to West Virginia. And as much as he's an in-state product, it is well worth noting that he is much closer to West Virginia than he is to Penn State. Uh, so while that is an in-state loss, there's that that factor of being right down the road from Morgantown uh, is definitely notable. Um, yeah, so I mean, definitely Penn State locking down that elite in-state talent. Yeah, just for perspective on Gallagher, just real quick, one sentence. He's about 20 minutes from Morgantown and about three hours from State College. So he is very much, uh, WVU is very much home to him more than Penn State is. But it's still- That is his hometown team. That is his hometown team. Um, And I will say, 
Uh, the other thing with Robinson, we kind of talked about it. Well, we did talk about it quite a bit with Elliot Washington, the uh, secondary, is with Tamir Robinson and also Abdul Carter from the last class, they also kind of provide a bit of flexibility and versatility for Penn State uh, on the defense in the future with Manny Diaz, who is a guy who loves versatile players, changing up looks, giving guys multiple uh, jobs in different schemes. Um Robinson and Carter are both guys who could kind of fill in on the edge at times if needed or play a bit of a hybrid pass rusher role. role. Uh, uh, Very much a Micah Parsons-esque role. I think both players I could realistically see having uh, those type of roles at Penn State. Now, are they going to be as successful as Parsons? Probably not. Parsons, I think, is one – you, I think you can argue Parsons is the most talented player to ever come through Happy Valley. Um, but, uh, yeah, any, any thoughts on that, Marty or Anthony? No, the only other thing I would add to build off, <clears throat> excuse me, build off something Anthony said about Manny Diaz, it really is a great job recruiting by him here. I, I think it's probably not out of the question, if, if probably possible, if not likely, that if Brent Pry was still around, both these this, these are two recruitments that would have ended sooner than they did. Yeah. Um, Diaz needed yep. to form a relationship with these kids, and to his credit, he did that. And it also seems that Diaz, the impression he's made on the current players on the roster, all, also was a big benefit here that really really helped end these recruitments. Agreed. And uh, Anthony, you were talking about how long they've been recruited. I'm not sure when Rojas received his offer, but I know Robinson received his offer from Penn State in, I believe, April of 2020. So long time ago, long time. But long, yeah, long no, I, I remember um, when a lot of those future casts for Rojas and Robinson went in back in February or January, and there was yep. talk they might end it around that time, you know, um, They've, they've yeah, been recruited I, for, for a long time. And I, I was going to add that Rojas, you know, he kind of blew up a little bit after that time period. You know, Georgia came into play, Clemson came into play, Miami came into play. So in a way, I think this is a good thing for Penn State that they that he waited until now because you don't know. Maybe he commits back in January. All those offers come in. Maybe he starts getting cold feet a little bit. He wants to take those visits, explore his options. Now he's already explored those options. He's locked into Penn State. And you can see on social media, he's actively recruiting for Penn State. So, you know, timing is everything. And I think the timing on this one, even though we had to sweat it out a little bit more than we would have a couple of months ago, I think it's a much more firm and solid commitment. And that's, that's more important. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just for reference, uh, I put in my Tamir Robinson future cast back on February 6th. And I think Tony Rojas was only not too far behind that. Uh, both were on February 6th. Um, now, Robinson at the time, I would say much more seemed like, a, oh, this is a recruitment that could end very much uh, soon at that time. Rojas was a little bit of that, but also a little bit of just projecting him eventually being in the class. But yeah, both commitments, long time coming, but also both commitments that at the end of the day, Penn State had to fight fight their ass off to land both those guys. Uh, they didn't come easy. They the Ro, Rojas could have landed at Georgia uh, easily in this class in this cycle. I think. Uh, if, if Penn State misses stepped at any point in his recruitment. And Rob, Robinson, I think, had a better chance of always being in this class, but uh, that relationship with Brent Pry was a strong one. 
And uh, you, you can't, and you look at what Miami's done this cycle and, and you can't, uh, you know, very, very good recruiting wins for both. Uh, obviously they were longtime favorites both, but they were not easy recruitments at the end of the day. Yeah, just real quick with Rojas, I did look it up. The the offer that Penn State offered him in July of last year, when they offered Rojas held five power five offers, and the previous best offer was either Virginia Tech or Ole Miss. So it, again, just a tremendous job. And this is something we've seen from this staff for as long as James Franklin's been at Penn State. Tremendous job of identifying talent early, getting yep. in there, being that quote unquote first big offer and forming those relationships. Cause in the end, Form those relationships is going to win out more times than not. And that's definitely something we saw with Rojas. 100% agree. And uh, that's something we've seen, like you said, time after time. And uh, it sometimes has, has, has uh, come back to bite Penn State with another school landing guy, Joshua Miller. Great example just in the 2023 recruiting class itself. Uh, but Tony Rojas, they, they did a great job with. Uh, and uh, he, there's multiple guys in this class you can say that about uh, in terms of identifying talent early. And, of course, Drew Alar last cycle um, being another great example. Um, any other thoughts on these four commitments, guys? None that I can think of. Just All right. This job. All right. Well, let's uh, briefly talk about what, what comes after is Penn State because uh, it's been quiet. Uh, they now hold 19 commitments in the 2023 recruiting class. So I'm thinking there's probably about four or five spots left. Uh, you never know with attrition. We'll probably find out some attrition before National Sign Day or early National Sign Day in December. So more spots could open. But uh, I would say four to six spots tops uh, right now. Um, probably a good number to go with right there. Um in terms of targets right now, the two that I think you can look at and be uh, realistic in terms of projecting them to land at Penn State would be uh, offensive lineman Evan Link out of Gonzaga and Washington, D.C. Uh, right now, that is a Penn State-Stanford battle. It seems he was supposed to take an official visit to Michigan last month and did not take that official visit. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he gets to Ann Arbor sometime this uh, late this month or maybe uh, early in the season. Uh, but it's also a recruitment where I think a lot of people expected to wrap up sometime this month, uh, but we're running out of time, obviously on that. So uh, with length, the next thing I'll be watching for is if he does make any trips to Ann Arbor, because uh, that could change the recruitment a little bit to say the least. Uh, but right now, how things stand currently, I like Penn State's chances there. And then the other players, defensive end Jalen Thompson out of Cass Tech in Detroit, a guy that was supposed to make an official visit last month, did not make an official visit, uh, ended up missing his flight, uh, connecting flight to Happy Valley. Um, he uh, is potentially coming uh, for the last bash at the end of the month for Penn State, which could be a big part in uh, or big momentum uh, swing for uh his recruitment overall, if he does get on campus, Michigan State was the perceived favorite there for a while. Things have changed a bit with uh, him and the Spartans. Ohio State is a team looming there as well, but I, I think Penn State could be in a good spot if they do get him on campus here at the end of the month. 
Yeah, Evan Link, the uh, the great mystery of the 2023 class. And he's such a mystery because he's so freaking quiet. And he has such a small, yeah. quiet inner circle. Nobody knows what's going on. He, he's, he's kind of a throwback recruitment. That's what I've been calling him. He's a throwback to a different time where... You know, there wasn't all this fanfare around recruitment and, and nobody knew, yeah. not everybody knew what was happening. You know, when a kid commits Absolutely. to a school, 99% of the time, you know what school they're going to. Evan Link is that 1%. So he's the type yeah. of kid that could just pop it two o'clock on a Wednesday with no warning and just tweet a graphic uh, and say, I, hey guys, I'm committed now. Here's this for you. So it's going to come. I fully expect that. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. And you guys got to scramble to like have an article ready and it's going to be pretty interesting for you guys. But yeah, so we'll see what happens with him. I think he's without a doubt Penn State's number one top target on the board remaining right now. And then Jalen Thompson is one that's kind of, you know, he's always been a target for Penn State, but it's always, yeah. like you said, been perceived to be Michigan State as the leader. And then, like you said, things change. And I think Penn State, if he gets in for the lash bash, like you said, he might. I, I think Penn State's going to be in a really good spot here and they could find themselves in a great opportunity to complement a already really solid edge class with Jameel Lyons and Tamarian Parker with another really solid edge guy in Jalen Thompson. And that is a position where you want to stack really good players because it is such an important position in college football. Uh, 100% agree. And another guy to add to that list of guys that just to watch, he has scheduled uh, commitment for uh, August 27th, I believe, uh, defensive end Kavion, uh, sorry, uh, Kevon Keys out of uh, Virginia. Uh, he was on an official visit last month. Uh, that official visit went well. Uh, Penn State feels really good about where they sit with him. UNC was in the lead going into that visit. We'll see if that remains. Uh, but I, I know the vibes, I think, are still pretty positive uh, on Penn State's end. Uh, but that would be another name to watch on the defensive line uh, for the remainder of the summer. Yeah, it'll be very intriguing to see what does happen with Keys because he very much was a kid where it was like, all right, just commit to North Carolina. Everyone knows you're going to go to North Carolina. Just commit already. He never did. Takes an official visit to Penn State, and all of a sudden, you know, there seems to be some smoke there. That the Nittany Lions really did a great job in that visit, and you mentioned the staff feeling well. So that would definitely be an intriguing one to watch. <clears throat> uh, and as for Thompson, he he's a player I really like. Um, I, I don't. I understand Michigan State felt felt like they're in a good spot with some other targets and that sort of thing, but I really don't understand how you're not going to take an in-state kid who's that good at a, a premium position of need if you're the Spartans. But, hey, you know what? Penn State, to their credit, has done a good job there. They've really recruited Cass Tech well in recent years. You know, the King Twins, even going back to Donovan Johnson, who, if not for shoulder surgeries and injuries, would have put together a hell of a career as defensive back at Penn State. And I think that yeah. helps. They're also having that relationship with the cast tech staff. So, yeah, it does seem like if Thompson makes it to the lash bash, that that could very well be the be the ribbon on his recruitment and, and be what ends it and puts him in Penn State's class. Yeah, my apologies. I called Keys a defensive end. I meant a linebacker, uh, but still another name to watch on the defensive side of the ball uh, the rest of the summer. Because uh, if they added him, to Robinson and Rojas, the potential of this linebacker class is just uh, at a ridiculous level. Oh, it'd be insane. I mean, it would be up there. I know Georgia probably has the best linebacker class in the country right now because they're just stacking blue chip guys there. But Penn State's, you can put keys with Rojas and Robinson, potentially throwing in Dakari Nelson into that group later on in his career. 
that that's yeah. an elite linebacker class. And that is sorely what Penn state has been missing with, you know, the current linebacker room. They need Absolutely. a class like that to kind of replenish what's in that room right now. Cause it's, it's a little thin. We can, we'll get into that during the season a little more, but the linebacker room right now is a little scary. So those guys are going to be much welcome additions. 100% agree. Um, I'm trying, let me see if there's any other names here that uh, I have anything on that we could talk about in terms of being potential next up in terms of Penn State recruitment. Um, all right. Uh, talk about Stan, offensive tackle Stan or Mill. Uh, he did make an official visit, but that's another recruitment that's been quiet since that official visit. He also visited Michigan State, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee. Quiet, yes. I'm hearing that maybe Tennessee could be the favorite there. Uh, I haven't been able to follow his recruitment uh, closely. Um, one name to note for uh, potentially at the Lash Bash is uh, four-star running back Sam Singleton out of Fleming Island, Florida. Um, it sounds like he could be making that visit at the end of the month. Uh, and that would be an intriguing potential addition uh, to Penn State's class. Now, Florida State, I believe, is the leader there in his recruitment, and it would take – quite a bit for Penn State to probably gain uh, the upper hand in that recruitment. But nonetheless, it is worthwhile known. Definitely a lot of mutual interest there at the least. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that that will be something to watch, to say the least. Yeah, with Singleton, like you said, Florida kid, Florida State seems the lead. That said, if there's one thing that Penn State fans should have learned in the last, what, four or five years now, when J1 Sider gets a kid on campus from Florida, never count Sider and the Nittany Lions out. So they just never know. It, it's I know we've said it on this show a million times. You just got to get kids on campus. You get them on campus. You give yourself a chance. So we'll see what happens there with Singleton. As for Stanton Ramel, you know, talented player, good offensive tackle. Uh, I know he plays in Alabama, but one thing of note in his recruitment is he, he only moved down there he's originally from the state of New York and moved down there during the COVID season in order to make sure he could play to continue his recruitment moving along. So, you know, going far away from where he currently lives in Alabama would not be an issue in that recruitment, but that also seems to be a recruitment where, you know, not a lot of people seem to really know what's hundred percent going on there. It's another really quiet one with Ramble. I mean, him and Link are kind of two in the same from the standpoint of, Everyone wants to know what they're doing and, and nobody really knows. So just a, just a waiting game with Rammel. And I was really going to comment on Singleton because he kind of re- is, feels like another KV on key situation where it's like Florida state is such a heavy favorite in this one. You're kind of been expecting him to, all right, dude, just commit to Florida state already. We know you're going to be a Seminole, you know, but then he, it pops up a couple weeks ago that he's going to take this visit to Penn state. So now you're kind of like, is he looking for something different? You know, is he not exactly sold on Florida state yet? And that's something I guess we'll find out, you know, after the lash bash. So we'll have to see what this one Penn state could potentially make a move there. And if you could end up taking two really quality running backs in this class might as well. Agreed. Uh, all right. And for now, that's, I think all worth talking about that. Um, leave some of that information for subscribers since it is, uh, you know, they pay for that information, but uh, another great time, by the way, to subscribe to Nindy Nation. Uh, you can get a 
free 30 day free trial right now. And if you like us uh, and like what you see, you can uh, then uh, have more confidence of where your money is going. Um, because with the lash bash coming up, we're heading into the season in just a couple uh, weeks. Uh, it, now is a better, not, there's not a better time right now. I mean, last month was a great time to be a subscriber, um, but uh, still a good time now with Lash Bash coming up. And we'll be talking, recurring throughout the season as well with plenty of visitors on campus every week. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about, Penn State recruiting wise? Nothing comes to mind for me. I'm just uh, looking forward to Lash Bash next weekend. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about and, and, it a lot more. Yeah, I'm we'll talk about that next week. Up to it. So looking forward to that. Yeah, that's Absolutely. obviously always a big week. I'm oh, sorry. Go, go, Marty. No, I was going to say, yeah, last bash is always a huge week. Probably, you know, one of the two or three most important recruiting dates on the entire calendar year for Penn State. And, you know, I think one other thing that, you know, as anything develops, we'll talk about it. And I know you'll have a covered inside and out on the site, Dylan, is where, where things are going to go with quarterback recruiting. They've got to get something for yeah. you. Great point. Got to take a quarterback every class, especially in the portal era. So um, I think that could be something, you know, the next week or two as you prepare for a lash bash and prepare for visitors, you know, like Dylan said, if you're not subscribed to the nation, make sure you do it now. Cause I'm sure there's going to be news of them attempting to get some quarterback visitors on campus. Yeah. I mean, it's quarterback. I, it, it feels like quarterback is going to be, it's, I think Penn State wants to fill that spot probably as soon as possible, but they're also very much doing their due diligence right now uh, since Smoke's decommitment, which is now, um, by the time this goes up two weeks ago, they've yet to offer any other quarterbacks in the 2023 recruiting class. Um, Jackson Smollett is a name to watch. Brady Dragish a name to watch. Um, outside of that, a couple other names out there that are um, floating around, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'll just add one more thing. I mean, it's it's at a point in the cycle where, like, you can take your time if you're the staff. You know, it's already July going going into August. So there's no, like, at this point, there's no rush to, like, get a quarterback in here to try to, like, put your class together. Your class is already 80% done. So you might as well do your due yep. diligence, take your time. And then, you know, if this drags out till September, October, November – it's not necessarily the end of the world. So make sure you get it right more than just getting a guy. But I will be very interested, like Marty said, to see who comes in, if anybody comes in for the Lash Bash. Yeah, we'll, we'll obviously have a full list up on Mini Nation uh, over the next week or so. And uh, But until then, I think uh, that's all we really have to talk about for today's episode. So thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Penn State Football 365 podcast, um, part of the Nindy, part of Nindy Nation of the Rivals Network. My name is Don Count Curley. He's Marty Leap. He's Anthony Hazan. And we'll talk to you guys next week uh, talking about Lash Bash, Penn State recruiting. And before you know it, we're actually going to have to start talking about real football, which I'm excited about. Big Ten media days are next week, so we'll have to talk about anything noteworthy coming out of media days or Big Ten. Uh, it, there should be some good stuff with um, conference uh, realignment, uh, NIL. The SEC media days have been quite uh, entertaining. Uh, so Big Ten, I expect similar. Uh, but until then, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, leave a 
rate in if you can um, share with your friends, family, fellow Penn State football fans. Um, and uh, until then, have a good one. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.